Hello, starters. My name is Josh Webb, and you are listening to episode three of the Startup Sanctuary podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode three of the Startup Sanctuary podcast. Um, This is simply a podcast that releases every Monday of the week, and we help starters get started and realize their unique vision. Uh, another thing that we do is we pu- um, put all of our topics that we talk about underneath these certain filters, and um, those filters are clarity, story, strategy, execution, and sustainability. So today, we're going to be focusing on the story category, and the main thing that we're going to be talking about today are the three vital stories you need at all times when you're either starting a business or even if you've had a business for a long time. So one thing that I noticed that uh, over the years uh, of marketing is that um, you'd be surprised that it's, whether you're at the beginning of the phase of an organization or whether you've been around for 20 years, story is something that people have a very uh, difficult time with. Um, you know, people we know that people are definitely interested in, in, in why you do something more than you uh, more than what you do, but there are these three vital components that you really need to be practicing on and have a very clear idea of what it is. Um, the to communicate. So the first one, and we'll go ahead and get started, is the first one is uh, your personal story. This is one of those things that people uh, don't think about uh, very often. And what ends up happening is uh, is that somebody will ask a question like, you know, well, what is it that you do? Or, or can you tell me what your company does? Or um, something like that. And, um, and because they haven't defined it, they either end up in one of two categories. They end up underselling what they do. Um, and they say something like, well, you know, you know, I mean, I just, they, they tell like a personal story, like, well, it's just something that I kind of got into, um, or whatever, uh, or they'll ramble. Like they have so much passion about it. They just, they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And they look like that, you know, I, I used to call it uh, passion vomit. <laughs> they just like kind of throw up every single idea they've ever had on the topic. In both cases though, it's essentially a brand experience for the person talking to them. Uh, they, they didn't have a concise story about what it was. Instead, they had, um, they had these totally different things that had nothing to do with their actual pitch. And I don't know if you realize this, but you yourself, are a personal brand. Uh, everything from the way you dress to the things that you say to how you deliver uh, your personal why actually matter to the brand of your company. And so figuring out how to tie what your personal story is into this natural segue into what your company story is, is very important. Here's a couple things that I'll recommend. Your personal story is only going to matter to people that you're talking to as as much as they can see some kind of personal connection to how it's going to help them. I know that sounds like really impersonal, and I don't mean that people don't care about you personally, but I'm saying like if you're in a, at a connection event or if you're doing a video online or if you're – whatever it is that, that you're doing where you're providing value and, and you could see potential customers there, it's, it's a sort of a litmus test of do they trust you and do they trust your intentions for why you have the company in the first place. And that's the the main part of trying to understand what that pitch is for yourself. You could say things like, I love seeing a family make a house a home. And so I started a, a decor company to help people with that. And it becomes kind of part of your main pitch is the personal reason you did it. Also, it's really important that your personal story leads into the problem that you noticed and that that problem is something that the person you're talking to or the audience that's seeing your content is going to personally relate to. So that brings us to our next topic. 
your company story. Some people make the mistake of thinking that their personal story is their company story. But the truth is, is that they should be very closely tied but separate because the company needs to exist on its own. It can't be completely based on on you um, or go into all these different histories. You'll see go into websites and things like that and, and or look at some brochures. And a lot of times you'll see them talk about this long history and every single thing and, and even how they got into it and all that kind of stuff. The truth is, is that people really don't care about your story that much only to the point that it intersects with their story. Uh, Donald Miller t- talks about this at length in his book, Story Brand, uh, and it's been true and something that marketers have seen uh, over the decades is that people truly are after some kind of solution to a problem that they have, and if they feel like they can trust you and they feel like you've provided that solution, then they're willing to do that. So here's a couple things that you can do for your personal story. You have to communicate what the problem is. So uh, if you remember back uh, in the old infomercial days, they still do some of them, but it, but it, you know the, the kind of commercials that come on at 3 o'clock in the morning, you remember things like, uh, has this ever happened to you? And you have the guy who spills the coffee all over himself or you know the person that can't even hold on to, um, to the cooking ware. And it's, it's like they're over-exaggerated. But the, the truth is, is that the reason they did that is because they wanted to very clearly relate what the problem was. They wanted somebody to have some kind of personal relation to the fact that um, that they've had a problem, and then they can go, yeah, I've, I've had that problem too. This solution must be for me, and that's what you need. You need people's ears to perk up hoping that you're going to have the solution to that problem. And so that brings you to the solution. If you've communicated a problem and your and the and the, the thing that your company does isn't a direct solution to that problem, there's a disconnect. You have to be able to create some way, even if you have a series of products or you have a lot of complicated services, somehow you have to be able to come up with a unique set that goes, here was the primary problem you had, and here was the the unique solution that we provide for that. Um, I do recommend um, creating a, a bit of a solution statement. It's a very clear sentence that just communicates what the company does. It doesn't have any other role but doing that. Its whole goal is to be clear. Um, this is not a mission statement. Um, a mission statement is, is, is there to, to say what the actual mission of the company is. And a lot of times it's something that's, that's a way of, uh, you can even use it as a filter to hire and fire people or make decisions by. And that's something we'll cover in a future episode. And I will say that some of the best mission statements I've ever seen basically just communicate what the company does. They are solution statements. Uh, they're not overly complicated. They're very clear. Next, you need a process. How does your company work? How does your product work? Uh, what steps is needed uh, to actually complete what they're doing? If it's too complicated to put in three to five steps, it's too complicated, period. Um, and I realize, listen, if you have a company that's dealing with a majorly complex, you know, uh, co- um, a majorly complex product, then doing this can be hard. But listen, if people can take, uh, you know, a car, a car itself is complicated. But people that are marketers know that okay, I can't sell every single feature that's in this car. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sell something else about it. Or um, in some cases, those conversations are gonna have to happen. But maybe at a at a deeper level, maybe at a deeper conversation, not as kind of part of your pitch. Finally, you need a call to action. Um, I know this probably sounds pretty elementary, uh, but I ha- I have been surprised at how many people 
understand why they do something. They understand the problem that it's solving. They understand the solution for it. And then when somebody says, oh, man, this sounds awesome. How do I get started? What do I do? They freeze. They don't, well, you know, just, you know, contact me and we'll figure out, uh, we'll figure out what your next steps are. The truth is, is that in a lot of cases, they're flying by the seat of their pants. They didn't even actually expect the person to say yes. And so, uh, and so what the call to action was is not clear. Um, I personally think just contact me is, is not a strong enough, uh, it's not a strong enough call to action. In some cases, if you're talking about consulting services or things like that, that may be the next step. But you need to be thinking about if somebody is ready to go, what is a clear call to action for them? Is it schedule a free call consultation? Is it order now? Is it subscribe? Call to actions are extremely important, and you think that people know what, what they're supposed to do next, but people will not buy sometimes because they just don't even know what the next step is. And if they got to follow up enough with you to figure out what it is, they'll give up and go somewhere else. So the third thing you need uh, in your story, the third kind of story you need, are actually other people's stories. Um, this one is essential. A personal recommendation is always going to be the best way to provide a hot lead, and so and that and that's really never going to go away. The truth is, is that we trust we trust people. We don't necessarily trust an organization that we know is trying to sell to us. So, um, one of the things that I recommend is that uh, with every single client you have, every customer you have, anybody that has used your service, you need some kind of process in place to get some kind of quote from them. Um, and it just needs to be automatic. An email goes out. It could be a survey. It can be a form. It can be an email that goes out from me that asks if, if, uh, if they enjoyed their uh, service, would they mind uh, giving a little quote? And listen, some of them are going to be bad. Some of them are, are not going to be great quotes, but uh, you need to collect every single one of them. Um, and then another piece of advice would be simply to use a third-party service. So the reason for this is that people aren't stupid. They know that when you go on your website and you have a quote there that you specifically looked for the people that like you the best. Um, so you know they're the, the success stories. Uh, the question is how many aren't the success stories? So they're looking for objective third parties, and that's why things like having them review you on Amazon – having them review you on Facebook or Yelp or things like that, where you actually could end up with some some poor reviews. Surprisingly, that will be more transparent and actually speaks better to people. So the truth is, if you're worried about negative reviews, then you have something else to look at. You have to look at uh, why am I getting so many negative reviews? Why is it that um, you know? Why is it that people are wanting to speak about me this way? But if you have tweaked to that enough, then what you're actually going to get is is transparent and real reviews of people that 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 love your product, and that's what you really want. You want somebody to see your pitch, understand the story, understand the problem that it solves, understanding that you that you're a potential solution to that, and then get immediately credibility with all of these reviews of people that say they they, they like it. Uh, it's really the best thing to do is to is to go third third party if you can. And even on your website, there are tools that you can use that will take some of these third parties and they'll put it on your site. You can embed them and things like that. Um, another part of that as well is um, is how you're communicating your story throughout your service. And so, you know, if somebody is making a personal recommendation to you, but they're using completely different language than you, um, there is a little bit of a disconnect there as well. Uh, if they if somebody asks them what they do and what you do, and they don't use the same statement, maybe they don't use it in the exact same same way. But if it's not even remotely close, if they say, you know, if I say I help people realize their unique vision. And then people go, yeah, he's a marketing guy. 
Okay. Well, what what specific uh, what specific differences is it in what they experienced, or maybe it's the language that I used over and over with them. Um, what is it that I'm that I've been saying throughout the course of delivering the product or service that they didn't get the story? So communicating the story while you're delivering the service is actually very important too, so that when they're done, they'll actually uh, recommend you in a way that's positive and actually on brand. This is super important. That concludes the three stories that you're going to need at all times uh, for whether you're pitching your business, whether you've been a business that's been around for a long time. And believe me, when you have these three things down, things like websites and brochures and emails and copy and ads, they just fall out of it. It's, it's become something you can give a copywriter, you can give, some, you can give a, a website designer, you can just give them these things, and it just falls out of it. And this is something that I've been doing for years for clients, and it's amazing to see uh, how their companies just flourish after they fully understand their story. Um, even in larger organizations, once they fully get it down and the rest of the organization gets it, uh, there's a lot of things that come out of that, not just sales, but just better culture, lots of uh, different pieces like that. Well, at the end of every month, we're going to be having a guest interview. So um, next week, we're going to have a close friend of mine, Joe Garcia, uh, who is running a nonprofit. He's been the chief marketing officer for Mark Spain Real Estate. Um, He has his own venture venture capital firm, and he's currently starting a brewery in Forsyth County uh, in greater Atlanta. So uh, this interview is going to be awesome. He truly is uh, one of my really good friends. Well, that's it for episode three. Uh, Listen, if you enjoyed this episode, um, I simply ask that you subscribe um, and even review it on iTunes. Uh, Reviews actually help people, more people see it. Um, And uh, also, we have a Facebook group um, that uh, you can be part of or we can have further discussion. It's simply a group to to encourage you um, and help other entrepreneurs that you can ask questions and things like that. Uh, So if you want to join that group, you can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash startup sanctuary. And I'm Josh Webb. At any point you have any further questions about some of the things I've been talking about, or if you want some more content like this, you can go to webadvisorygroup.com. Again, that's webadvisorygroup.com. Every episode we end with a quote. Today's quote's from Tyler Perry. I really like this one. He says, you close the door on me and tell me I can't, I'm going to find a way to get in. All right, that's it for today's episode of the Startup Sanctuary Podcast. We'll see you next week.